You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone out there. This is Lisa Rickerton, and I'm from Center Theater Group in Los Angeles, and we are here today on the Broadway Podcast Network to talk with the two maestros of the musical, none other than Casey Nicola and Bob Martin. So welcome to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. For speaking with Hi, us Lisa. this morning. Um, and just so my fellow musical theater fans are aware of who I am speaking to in case you are not aware, though I am sure you are just from the names alone. How is that even possible? You know, people <laughs> people are on these streets and they don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to give a brief background, just a few credits. Um, Casey, people may know you from Spamalot, Book of Mormon, Aladdin, Something Rotten, Tuck Everlasting, and Mean Girls. And Bob, folks may know you from Elf the Musical, Halftime, and The Sting. And... You both have a long history with Center Theater Group with two world premieres that happened with us, both The Drowsy Chaperone in 2006, which Bob also starred in, and Minsky's in 2009. Today, I'd love to do a deep dive with both of you on your recent collaboration, The Prom, which is in performances at Center Theater Group from August 9th through September 11th, 2022. My first question to you both is, how did The Prom come about? Well... I mean, it sort of started that Jack Vertel, who I'd worked with a bunch of times at Encores, uh, called me up and said, I have this crazy idea for a musical and sort of said, you know, what if, you know, just there were these different stories in the headlines about, you know, gay and lesbian uh, uh, students who couldn't go to their proms. And he said, what if Broadway performers went down to make things better and made it worse? And I was like, great. And he goes, and what about Bob, Matt and Chad? And I said, well, done. And then we started talking about it and it just happened and we laughed a lot and we just, you know, it's like the best way to create a show to sit there and go, what should we do next? And what should the characters be? And we got along famously, you know, as, as we all expected and as we did before on Elf. Um, and it just sort of started from there. Yeah, we, we, um, we jumped right in. We thought it was a really solid comic premise and, and an opportunity for us to say something important. Um, and you know, we, we, uh, we began the process, we outlined the show very quickly actually. And we, and we stuck fairly, fairly closely to the original outline, uh, in the end. And the great thing about Casey is that we, K Casey works with us right from day one. So we're, we're really developing the show together. 
always with the director's eye and he's great dramaturge as well and and um and so we're 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 really forming the show as a group our aim in the beginning was really to get this show into high schools and uh it's you know been a long uh road <laughs> but a fairly smooth road for us actually with this show Absolutely. It took time. And it was actually funny because, you know, we went through different presidents and stuff. And so we had to keep sort of changing things depending on the temperature of the world yeah. and tolerance. So it was, uh, it, you know, it was a it was a journey. But, you know, all of the all of the pieces felt right. Like when we look back on it, we go, it all happened in the stages it meant to because maybe it wasn't supposed to happen then when we were disappointed that it didn't happen right away, uh, you know, and it was it's. It was a joyous experience all the yeah, way. Yeah, lucky for us, the world got less tolerant. And so yeah. the show <laughs> has more more resonance than ever. Totally. I hate to laugh at that because it is very accurate that the world is getting less tolerant. But I am I agree. I'm glad that the show exists so there is some light and people can see themselves. Um, mm -hmm. As someone who loves to talk about process in general, but the process of creating shows in particular, you mentioned that the show didn't change too much from the beginning to where it is now, but can you speak a little about what did change or what might've been unique about this show in particular in its process? Well, I should say, I should clarify that. It's, it didn't change structurally. Like we sort of saw the show as a two act musical fairly early on, um, but of course all the component parts changed. And most importantly, I think, Casey would agree, it was sort of the tone that was the hard thing to capture, that we really didn't get the tone of the show until um, Atlanta, when we, we did our out of town and we sort of started to hear it. Um, yeah. It, yeah, go ahead, Casey. I was gonna say, even, even at, Atlanta is what made us realize what the tone shouldn't be, mm. you know, which is what happened was, it was sort of was this show of the two worlds of, you know, Indiana and Broadway. And it was sort of done like in the Broadway box. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that it needed to be done more in the Indiana box with Broadway invading it. And that's what changed tone-wise is we wanted to make sure that the world we were going into was uh, almost a play mm -hmm. and that their vocabulary was not of the same thing as the, as the celebrities' uh, vocabulary and that they invaded them. And that's what I think changed the most, right? When we all sort of mm -hmm. realized that, we we're like, oh my gosh. And then the, the music tones, the music sort of changed a little bit and in feel, it was, yeah, that's what, that's to me when it all turned around. But Atlanta was, as always, so helpful. You know, I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's similar to Drowsy, right? Because we, you know, Drowsy was this big overblown Broadway musical invading a dreary New York apartment. Yep. And, and this is also a sort of musical imposing itself on this, <laughs> on this very real and recognizable town. This is, well, yeah. that's, that's really the, the adjustment we made was to make, um, not, not to be a, a town full of cartoon villains or anything, but to be a town full of real recognizable people. You can understand their point of view and, and uh, that juxtaposition of, of sort of overblown characters and very grounded characters is what made the show start to work. Yeah, I guess I never really qu quite thought of it, but in a way it's, the eye for the audience is watching it from the Indiana people's point of view, mm -hmm. you know, and then when it starts melding, then they're watching it everyone's point of view because everyone's sort of integrating. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Do you think that's why, I mean, I think the answer is yes, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Do you think that's why it's now, as you were saying earlier, going into high schools and kind of seeping into the rest of the country as a show that should be put on and that people should see at all ages? 
Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hope that there's a number of reasons it's going in. Um, I think it's a great ensemble show. Like it's everybody gets a gets a turn, gets you know has a good track. Um, it's it's a very funny show. It's a very moving show. Um, but yeah, I believe that the way it handles the politics of the issues is is fairly. I mean, obviously we have a, a very clear point of view about this about the subject matter and the um, and the sort of tragedy within the show. <laughs> and the uh, but. But we try to um, we try to create characters that you could empathize with and understand. So it's it's not it's not um, it, I don't think it's a heavy handed show. Mm -hmm. uh, we and we and you know the reason it is, I think a little bit more even is because we accepted so much input um, from the performers we were working with and um, from and and using our own stories in some cases, uh, particularly Chad Beglin. Um, and uh, also audience input in Atlanta. A lot of people we talked to after previews and, and got, you know, a lot of people who came to the show were in a similar situation to the parents in the, in the prom. And so that was sort of invaluable. Um, so I, I hope that's why it's, it, people are excited to do it. A number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like so many people have something to relate to, you know, and, and like, I mean, I know Bob has his stories from like the talkbacks and which were totally moving to me. And then even like when I would be watch, sitting at intermission at the show, you know, I, I had one, one girl that came up to me and said, I just want you to know this show means the world to me. I've seen it three times and I'm actually, and then she looked around, she goes, my dad's here and I'm coming out to him this weekend. And it was so moving, but a lot of stories like that with the show or, or an older woman who went up to Bob uh, at the talk back and sit and with tears saying I was Mrs. Green, which is the character that is sort of, you know, won't allow her daughter to go with, with the other uh, gay girl. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really moving. It's really moving. Yeah. I also remember uh, a, a young lesbian woman coming up and, or I, I, now that I think of it, I'm not sure if it was on a social media sort of feedback thing or we saw her in person, but she talked about the song You Happened and how she was so thrilled to see that that being in love is the best thing, you know, finding a you know same-sex partner is the best thing that could happen to you in life, as opposed to um, most sort of representations of same-sex relationships as being problematic. Um, to, for the characters within the show, it's the best thing that's in their lives. And that was like something that they that that really that really uh, had meaning for us. This is also fascinating to hear, not because I don't believe that it's real, but I just live in a different world, having been born and raised in New York City and now living in Los Angeles. I what's moving about the show is for me is that people are finally able to see themselves, like you've been saying, and and they're unfortunately in the year of twenty twenty two, there are not always representation available for people to see themselves. So it's, I think it's really important that this exists. And in speaking about that, uh, I've learned that the show is based somewhat on a real incident. Um, and what was it like kind of tackling, adding comedy moments? You know, Brooks is so funny and amazing. And that's my, I, whenever I know he's in the show, I'm like, ah, joy, light. What is it like bringing <laughs> yeah. that comedy into such a hard topic to tackle with a lot of teens dealing with still, 
not being able to be their true selves in a high school situation? Well, again, I think we, we think of comedy as the sort of vehicle for the message. It makes it much more palatable to have, as opposed to a lecture. We, we didn't intend to write a lecture. Um, so yeah, it makes the whole thing much easier to, you know, consume. <laughs> it's a way of, you know, you know what I mean? It's a way of getting uh, the, these, these things that are uncomfortable for people to get, getting them out to a wider audience because the show itself is entertaining. Yeah, and you're laughing when you're and you're laughing when you're actually th also thinking about it, you know, as opposed to being told what you should be thinking, mm. you know. And I think that's I think that's what's important, and I think that's what uh, with what Bob and Chad do so well, because I don't think we shy away from anything. I think we're we're hitting it full on, but we're not preaching at people, and we're not telling people exactly how they need to feel about it, or feel right or wrong or good or bad. Um, you know, and that's what I love about it because all of the all of the comedy is based on on character and on situation. So you know, you can you know, I feel like there needs to be more humor, period, everywhere because it is how you can get through things, and it is how you can get your point across. And people still will think it, and they might actually it might actually even resonate more than being talked to in a certain way. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This show has made history with the first LGBTQ plus kiss ever shown in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. How does that make you feel? Amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. I mean, I that is that is one of the moments um, I will seriously never forget in my life. We were at the we were at the rehearsal at Macy's uh, outside the night before because you know you rehearse it in the evening and stuff, and. Um, you know, I was like spacing the number and doing that stuff. And then I was looking at the monitor. And as we were getting ready to get the, have the kiss happen, I just was like, oh, my God. Like, it just it just hit me. And I just got so emotional and just started crying mm -hmm. because it's huge. But, you know, we don't think of it as a huge deal day to day in New York City. Um, and I just sort of started thinking about what it would be like with so many people seeing it. And mostly so many people that like you said, just representationally, haven't been able to see that. You know, there was lots of negative stuff too, but there always will be. Um, you know, but but overall, I just think it was a really cool thing. And, you know, and I was like, well, someone's going to cut that, and they didn't, and hats off to yeah. them. You know, yeah. seriously, hats off to them. I remember that. I remember beforehand saying, well, they're not going to cut this. We're not going to let them cut this. They never, they never intended <laughs> they never, to cut it. They never I, mentioned it. No, they never mentioned it. They won my business 
forever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they were wonderful. Macy's gift cards for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I um I remember watching it and because I, I love love a good Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Santa is my favorite. Oh, um and That's I remember very watching it, it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it was really beautiful to see and I'm I am glad the world got to see it. Um, and so as one of the most entertaining shows to hit Broadway, because I agree that joy is needed, even when you're telling a story, that's very important. What do you think makes this show work so well? Uh, I mean, to me, it's, I think that when you take two different worlds and put them together and have them be able to coexist by the end, I think that's always a good thing, you know? And, and also, also I think... I can speak for all of us, our favorite thing to do, and Bob and I certainly have done this many times in shows now, is have people laughing their butts off and then suddenly going like, wait, how did I get these tears in my eyes? You know, that all of a sudden you're totally moved and your eyes are welling up, but it, it was a sneak attack. It didn't say we're going to make you cry, you know, because someone says I'm going to make you cry and I'm like, oh yeah, just do it, you know, <laughs> just yeah. cry. But when you don't expect it coming and you realize you're so invested in the characters and the story and the things you can relate to as an audience member, it, it's that's the, then you know you succeeded, you know? And when people say, I really needed that today, tonight. I didn't know what to expect from this show and it was so, so good and so moving and important to see. I, I also think, you know, I've worked on a lot of musicals now over the years and, and it really comes down to the score. And I think Matt and Chad just wrote a great score. I mean, that's part of it. That's that's that that's what makes it sore for us. I mean, there's a sort of run of songs in that second act that just tear your heart out one after the other. Um, Barry's going to the prom and a really heart, and it's a, um, it just it just I think the score is just fantastic. Yeah. Yay, Chad. Totally. And Matt. Totally. And you know, too, you think about those songs, not unholy heart, but you think about Barry's going to prom, and you think about uh, the ladies improving. And these are songs that are making you so emotional and you're also laughing at the same time because you already love the characters. So you're laughing with mm -hmm. the characters while it's happening and while they're discovering how moved they are or how they're gonna change or whatever you know the story in the number is. I have so many questions and I know we're, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time so I'm trying to kind of filter my brain down. Are there things that you both like to bring to a show when you start, first start working on it that you've very much brought to the prom and are happy that are still in it. I think this is something that Casey and I both really believe in is is that sense of creating a show that's that's fun to perform every night for the for the performers, right? Yeah. It's that that creating that ensemble comedy is is something that we that we're really in tune about, I think. Uh, we were both performers at one time. Yeah. Maybe that's it. We know what it's like to run a show every night and you want to you want to make it a fun evening. For yeah. the performer as well as the audience. And also to be able to create it around the people that you hire, mm. you know, that Brooks, you're like, okay, we have to make sure this is the best role for Brooks. We have to make sure, you know, and, and Brooks will make sure it's the best role for Brooks <laughs> in the best way ever. Um, and, and Beth too, and, and Chris Sieber and Angie, you know, that it just fit them all like a glove. Mm -hmm. Particularly we Angie. Taylor, you know, we were, <laughs> yeah, that was like, Okay, what should we make this role? You know, we need someone sort of like Angie. Well, why don't we make it Angie? Why don't we call her Angie? Who should play it? And, you know, it took us a while to to get the show going. And, and Angie was like, 
Will you hurry it up before I start reading in the paper that they're looking for a young Angie Schwarer type? <laughs> As an Angelino implant, what can LA audiences expect to get out of this show? Well, I I think the the things that we you know that we planned on audiences getting even in New York and even at the Alliance and then when we when we staged the tour. I mean, the cast is fantastic in the tour. We they're absolutely wonderful. Um and they they all got their roles so beautifully. It was really mm-hmm. a joy to work on. And also, you know, we said it right after the pandemic or almost after the pandemic, or is the pandemic done? Um, you know, but but basically it was the first, one of the first shows that we, that I worked on coming back after that period of time of isolation. And it was just such a joy to work on. And everyone was so happy to be there and so happy to work on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a high, it's a high energy, funny, uh, moving night at the theater. For sure. That's I think that's what audiences will get at. It's a great I think it's also a great family show because it gets you talking about um, you know, questions of identity and and responsibility in a family situation. Um but but more than that, we don't want to make it sound like it's a super heavy handed show. It's a very, very funny show. It's a rollicking musical comedy. <laughs> it is. And it's a relatable show. It's a relatable, yeah. fun show. And it makes you laugh, it makes you cry, it makes you happy to be with people that you're with, it makes you think about how you may have treated someone in the past, or that you're happy that, you know, about your family or your, your child who, you know, who is gay, you know, that's, uh, that's all pretty awesome. And I think people in Los Angeles may be familiar with how shallow celebrities can be. And so <laughs> there are shallow celebrities in this show, so that's something that's relatable for this local audience. <laughs> Mm, correct. That's very apt um, analysis. <laughs> if there is one thing that you would want people to walk away from this show with, feeling and thinking, whether it be now or well into the future, what is that one thing? I mean, you know, for me, it's it's. Um, I, I guess if, I, because I'm a parent, I I know that um, you can say things or do things with respect to your child and have the best intentions and just really mess them up. <laughs> See, you know, you, and, and that's really what Mrs. Green is doing in this show. She's, she's, she's trying to be the best mother she can be, but by doing so, by really being led by her own fears, she's just kind of making her life, her, her, her daughter's life miserable. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that's kind of the message for me. I just sort of as a parent, like don't be led by your fears and really see who your child is. I think it's that that would solve so much pain in the world if you could just look at your child and see who they, who they are. It's a comedy though. <laughs> I keep coming back to that. It is a comedy. You will laugh a lot. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for speaking with me. I really appreciate you. you taking the time out of your very busy days, I am sure to chat a little about the prom with us here at Center Theater Group. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you. It was a joy talking to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 